Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams. I'm joined, as always, by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at by CA Simmons, and go ahead and throw Night Sports Now a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. That's where you can find our written work from time to time, basically whenever we feel like writing instead of talking. And, man, we're here to talk um, big UCF news this week. And that is that they finally have an athletics director. I don't know why I said finally. It wasn't really that long of a search, I suppose. But um, they kindly waited until earlier this week. They didn't do it like right after we dropped our our last podcast last Friday. So that's nice. They waited until earlier this week and kind of leaked out um, early this week. And then officially, I believe it was on Tuesday, they announced that Terry Mohajer from uh, Arkansas State is now UCF's new vice president slash director of athletics. And they introduced him with a press conference on Wednesday. And we got a lot to talk to talk about in terms of that press conference and our impressions of Terry Mohajer. And I guess we can just call him Timo. I think that's what's kind of the, the consensus nickname for the man. And before we get into like the, the deep uh, weeds about of it, of it all, Christian, I just want to know your first impressions when you first saw his name kind of uh, trickle out there. I was probably around Monday, Sunday or Monday. What were your first impressions? Well, my immediate impression was let's Google who Terry Mahajer is. And uh, that was my first step. And uh, once I did that, yeah, it, it, I mean, it, 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 we've talked about it a lot on Twitter, but it really does seem like a home run hire, in my opinion. I hadn't really been familiar with him. Unlike with coaches, I feel like the average fan or even media member doesn't really know ADs outside of their own sort of circle. But obviously what he'd accomplished at Arkansas State, he's, I mean, he's accomplished a ton there. Talked about all his, I mean, I know you have his accomplishments ready to list. But, um, I mean, he really just, I mean, <laughs> he, you know, I, I think when you look at all the different people that names kind of got thrown out, I know people worried at one point because it was uh, Jim Sturrock from Missouri came out and it was kind of like, why? But Mahajra just seems like he matches everything UCF was looking for. He's high energy. He really wants to make some noise. He's great at fundraising. He understands the importance of student athletes. I mean, I really feel like when you looked at that list UCF released through their search firm of the things they were looking for. I mean, he really did check every box. So I'm just, I'm just excited. And the opening press only got me more excited for the Mohajer era. Yeah. The, the third thing is funny just because I don't know if it's funny, but it came out like that he was potentially going to be one of the, the, like the high candidates, one of the leading candidates. And like, I didn't even really have enough time to, like I fell behind everyone. I guess everybody immediately like looked up everything about him and was like, no, we don't want this to happen. And I was kind of like, well, I don't even like, I haven't even had time to like look into him, but I guess the consensus is that no, he would be a bad hire, but we're not here to talk about him because he did come out and say shortly after that he was not a candidate at UCF. Actually, I think he said central Florida, which means he wasn't a candidate ever. Um, but yeah, Mohajer, I think is just the perfect fit from what we've seen so far and what we've heard so far. And just kind of looking at his, his tenure at Arkansas state, it says during his nine years this is from Eli Letterman, Lederman. Um, covers Arkansas State down there, um, or over there, I guess I should say. But it said, during his nine years at Arkansas State, Terry Mohajer helped guide the Red Wolves to 25 conference titles. He oversaw $90 million in facilities upgrades, and he boosted their annual revenue from $15.3 million in 2012 to $35.5 million in 2019. And, you know, all of that has to sound extremely good if you're a UCF fan, um, because, I mean, the guy just kind of checks all the boxes, like you said, Christian, and it's uh it's it's cool to kind of see um already people kind of just getting attached to to him as the leader of this program because you know he does have a certain energy about him that makes him pretty easy to like yeah and I think we've seen over the last few weeks that Night Nation and UCF fans on Twitter are very much like 
It's, I mean, the, the whole Twitter mafia thing is true because it's very much a mob mentality. I mean, it was like the Jim Sturt ca- stuff came out and the entire fan base was collectively like, hello, we do not want that. Right. And I, I feel like from a team standpoint and administration standpoint, that's kind of a tough spot to be in when you have a fan base that's very big, very demanding, and typically thinks as one. And it seemed like luckily the Mahajer news, everyone acknowledges for what it was, is a really good call. It seems like fans were, and I feel like part of this, and you saw that at Arkansas State, I mean, he embraces the fans. And I feel like that's really rare. We talked about with Danny White, how unusual it was, how open he was with fans, how much fans sort of worshipped him. I mean, I feel like your average school, your average fans probably don't even, the name of, don't even know the name of their athletic director. I feel like that's a very common thing. And Danny White was very much the face of the program. So it was obviously going to be some massive shoes to fill, but they found a guy who seems like he had that role at his last job at Arkansas State, and he's ready to step into that here where he's not just the silent guy who kind of talks to boosters in the background. I mean, he is all in on the kids. His whole NLI till you die thing about how once you're part of UCF and once you're a knight, you're a knight forever. That seems really awesome to me. I'd love to see more of that. That's one of the places where it feels like UCF has felt a little short is not just acknowledging its past, but also sort of staying in touch with old alumni and keeping them sort of in the family and keeping that going. So it's nice to see that's priority for him. I just think all around, this was a risky point for UCF because the obviously AD is about the most important thing you can hire. And it seems like they nailed it. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And, and like you just said, it is, it was such an important time for them to get this right. And for them to kind of go through the process and, and end up with Mohajer, you have to think that, you know, they did all of their research. They did everything they needed to do. And it looks like they have a really good hire and, it's it like you said it's it's the most important because you know this is the guy that's going to be I mean not solely but he's gonna be the most important figure that's hiring all your other coaches and obviously UCF has a big opening with the football program and so now this is the guy who will be hiring uh their football coach and before we kind of get into that I do want to touch on one more thing you said with the about the whole mob mentality thing and it's kind of kind of going to take me into one of my first points about uh Mohajer's introductory press conference but um, the mob mentality thing has kind of happened with the fans and also with the players in terms of wanting Jeff Levy as the new head coach. And um, I don't know, and I know everybody wants Levy, and I, I would like to have Levy uh, as a head coach. I think he would be an, a nice hire and not necessarily have my heart set on him like many do. But I think it was interesting to hear uh, Mahajer said he talked to the football team on, I believe it was on Wednesday, and he said to them, you know, don't get married to any one candidate don't get married to anyone in, in sports in general. He said, people are going to come and go and you got to, you know, you have to be more about like what, what kind of qualities are you looking for? That's what he kind of stuck to with, with the football team was like, what are you looking for in your next head coach? Not necessarily who, not, you know, what are some names? It was like, what are the qualities? And I think based off of that, that sounds not that, you know, he's not going to consider Jeff Levy, but I think it's important that he does do, you know, the due process and, and go through the process of, you know, going through candidates and, and hiring the best guy for the job, not just the be, like the one that the players, the current players want. Um, so, I mean, I don't just kind of curious to see your thoughts on, on that comment that he made in the press conference. Yeah. And it wasn't just that comment right after he talked about, or not right after, but a little in the press conference, he was talking about the different head coaching searches that he's done. He's got to be, so, someone has to look it up how he he's going to have hired two head coaches in the same coaching cycle for two different schools. Yeah. Cause he just hired Butch Jones at Arkansas state. That's kind of crazy, but he made a comment that I thought was noteworthy that he said that every time he's hired a head football coach, the candidate he ended up hiring was not on his original shortlist. And I feel like any list that you're making right now for UCF, number one on the list is Levy. And I don't think that that meant he was trying to like, I don't think that these comments that and the whole getting married to a candidate thing were necessarily pushing back on, oh, I'm not going to get Levy. I don't want Levy. But 
these searches are exhaustive and they move fast and there's a lot of factors that play far beyond well that coach would be a fit so I just feel like you kind of have to temper expectations whereas we just talked about the fan base sort of having the mob mentality there is it fair to say that I feel like the majority of the fan base not only wants Levy they seem convinced it will be Levy yeah no that definitely seems like it's the case ever since I think ever since Hypo left and all the players started tweeting about Levy it was just like okay Levy's the next head coach yeah so I feel like you have to temper expectations for you know, it's, it's just not that simple. It's, I mean, it's not that simple for any school. UCF obviously is an incredibly attractive job, and I'm sure there's interest from Levy's side, but it's just not that simple. And, and also, I've talked about that I think Levy would be a good choice. I think he would do a good job sort of getting the team back on track, and I think 2021 could be a really good year. I don't necessarily see him as a long-term guy. I think he has bigger aspirations, but that just kind of comes with being a group of five school. But it's foolish and wrong to say that Levy is the only guy available right now that could lead right. a football team. Right. And UCF can be successful. I'm not going to say with anyone, but they can be successful. It doesn't have to be Levy. He's not the only guy that can carry this program forward. So, yeah, and I think you're right. It's not that he was telling the players, oh, look, I'm not going out and getting Levy. Because I believe you said, we talked about this off, off air, that in the Arkansas State hiring process, he did go after Levy, right? Yep. Levy was on the list originally of people he was looking at Arkansas State. And it sounded like when uh, Ole Miss gave out that raise that just kind of took him out of their uh, price range. Yeah, so I mean, it's not. I don't think he was telling the players either, really, that that that's not going to be the guy. It's just that, hey, don't like it was just good advice. Don't get married to one person because if something goes, you know, Levy doesn't want to come, or you know, they can't get the money right, can't get the financials, or can't agree, or just it just doesn't happen. You know, he doesn't want them to be from a morale standpoint to be just completely deflated and and not really already starting off on a bad foot with the next head coach. Um, so, and yeah, I, also, I, I, feel, I also feel like, sorry to jump in there, I just want to say ahead. the other thing is, I, and I feel like he's not just talking about this higher because for the UCF players who are coming in as freshmen for 2021, I would put any amount of money on that they are going to play for more than one head coach in their career. I just think that we're kind of at the point where we're with UCF, unless you just get really lucky with one candidate. Like I feel like the closest you get is like Scott Frost loved UCF and was incredibly yeah. successful here and, and loved the players, loved the place, believed they could build towards becoming Power 5. And he still left. So I feel like, I mean, that was the closest you were going to get to a candidate that was going to stay. So I just feel like you kind of have to brace yourself or when you're in the position UCF is where you're a top tier group of five and you're going to win a lot of games, but you can't pay what the power five can pay. You're going to lose coaches on a fairly regular basis. It was unusual and largely due to his background of why George O'Leary stayed here so long. And I feel like that kind of gave us this false sense of that's what happens. Coaches stay for years. That's not going to be the case for UCF going forward. Yeah, and I think we talked about this either on the last episode or the episode before that, but we kind of just talked about how UCF probably just has to kind of accept its place as not, you know, you don't want to brand yourself as a stepping stone, but it, it just kind of is. That's the that's the reality of it. And if, like we said, you know, if you are a stepping stone and coaches are moving on to bigger programs after a few years, it means that you're having success and something's going right for your program. So, you know, I, th I think you're probably right in saying that statement that, you know, the incoming freshman probably will play for more than one head coach. So um, definitely uh, a definite thing to keep in mind. But I think just kind of going back to, to his press conference in general, before we talk too much about the coaches, I guess, or the coaching search, um, like just kind of the, the impression I got from his press conference was that he just seems like a real, like genuine guy. He was, you know, showed a lot of emotion early on as he kind of reflected on his time at Arkansas State. I mean, that's his alma mater. And you know, he was there for a long time and making this decision to come to UCF was obviously a tough one for him. He even talked about that 
And, you know, he kind of got choked up at a little bit of points. He just seemed like a real genuine guy. And he definitely seemed pretty nervous in the, the conf- press conference. But I kind of liked that. I think he just kind of had this, like, nervous energy about him that I really enjoyed just because he seemed like a real person. He seemed like a guy that people can connect with pretty easily and are going to like to work with. And I know um, based on everything we've seen so far, just with what the coaches have been posting on, on Twitter or anyone's been saying on Twitter that, you know, they've had good initial meetings with him and, and they're happy to welcome him here. And he just seems like a really a, a nice, genuine guy. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't want to speak ill of Danny White in any way. Cause obviously Danny White was a fantastic AD. There's no talking about that. There's no yeah. disputing that, but he was very much like he had his talking points. He was very much a salesman. He was a salesman for the university and for the program and had that sort of wall up of, he was going to, he had, he, you know, he had the points he was going to hit. He was going to talk. Mm-hmm. Mahajra was just like kind of like just riffing up there like he just yeah. kind of yeah he, he was just he was he he came across as like and I don't mean this as an insult he came across as like unpolished in the best way he just seemed like yeah. a normal guy he didn't strike me as some towering administrator and you know football that or in athletics that is gonna you know be all above everything I mean he just seemed like a really down-to-earth family guy he I he puts his family in the first row he, he can't not talk about his family this interview with Mark Daniels he's talking about him like and that's awesome and I love to see that and that's the type of personality that night nation is going to embrace i mean you want someone who is open and wants to talk about themselves and wants to be a part of the fan base and not just sort of a distance you know guy talking to boosters absolutely and i think you said the word salesman i think i'm in my mind i had the word businessman kind of in my mind to describe uh danny white and that's like again not to say that danny white um you know wasn't someone that was beloved by fans because he definitely was he definitely um, his attitude and, and just the way he was, he would put his neck out there for UCF, I think is what earned him so much, um, so much of a fan base, so much of a following within UCF's fan base. Um, but yeah, I think Mohajer just kind of seems less like a businessman and more kind of like, I don't want to say like a teacher or I can't find the right word exactly, but it's just kind of like, just kind of a leader that is really personable and really like everybody was going to want to work with. And that's, that's, I think really important, obviously, because, you know, we could talk about the fundraising and everything, the, the coaching hires and all that, but I believe he talked about it um, in the press conference. If not, it was something else I saw him uh, with an interview where he, he was talking about how um, his duty for, for a lot of what he does is to the coaches. And, you know, he has to be, he has to be somebody that the coaches can go to and has to be like a guy that not only works with the coaches, but also the student athletes. And, he just seems like that guy that people are going to want to go talk to. People are going to love seeing around just because he has just this positive energy about him. And he just seems like a, a fun person to, to know. And I, yeah, I, I think this is absolutely everything UCF needed in a new athletics director. And, you know, we'll see, you know, pretty quickly um, how he puts his stamp on the UCF athletics program with the coaching hire for football. And he seems like, because obviously we talked about a lot how with this hire, it was more important, you know, when they were, when, when they were going for Danny White, so many teams were in shambles, program was in shambles, it was a really, really tough spot, one of the worst spots UCF Athletics has been in, and now you're looking more for someone who, all in all, things are going pretty great right now, yeah, football didn't have the season everyone wanted, basketball's having some trouble, both of those were kind of due to COVID issues. But as a whole, everything's going great. So you wanted someone who could maintain. And I thought it was interesting that they went to get someone who that wasn't necessarily, he doesn't really necessarily have a maintaining background. He has a building background. And I like that because it signals that UCF's like, we're not done. We're not satisfied with where we're at. And even talks about that. I mean, UCF has some of the best facilities in the group of five and he's talking about facility improvements he wants to make. And and UCF just opened a new athletics building that they've been showing off. 
and it's, you know, and it's a pandemic. So it's like, I just love to see that. And that's what I think is a big thing going forward is I like that UCF found a guy that's not going to settle. And I think we're going to start seeing some of his touches. Like I said, he seems super, super student athlete focused, which is awesome. Cause that's, it's, I guess it sounds stupid since they're kind of the heart of this whole thing, but it seems like at a lot of places, student athletes kind of get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. As ridiculous as it sounds. And I like that that's something he wants to put front and center. I think the idea, yeah, the idea of a student athlete kind of gets lost in the shuffle. I mean, because obviously it's, oh, well, like what they're doing on the field, but what he was able to do at Arkansas State in terms of, you know, ensuring that student athletes, whether they were going pro or not, had a job lined up and were going to get like hired into the workforce out of college. I think that's, it's super important and it's extremely cool to see him do something like that. And, you know, him bringing that, something like that to UCF would be amazing, I think, for, you know, the student athletes and everything going on there. But kind of going back to what you said, he did, he talked about how he said he doesn't look at himself uh, as a caretaker and he's not here to just kind of just keep you know, the status quo. And he said, you know, the, the name of the game these days is facilities. People are building facilities, opening them new every day. And, you know, that's something UCS going to have to stay on top of. And like you said, they just opened up a new building and it seems like they've opened up a new building, I think probably every year for the last few years. Um, but you know, to, to have someone that's that driven and that focused on, you know, going higher, a step higher and a step higher and never settling, it's definitely kind of fits with the mold of what, what UCF needs and what UCF is looking for as it looks into the future. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, you talk about looking towards the future. I mean, that's the kind of the whole point here is I know it's sort of that unspoken thing because you can't really say it publicly, but UCF's end game here is power five. And I, and I've always been one to caution fans that don't make that your end game necessarily because it's so far from a guarantee. Um, you know, re- college, college football realignment, it happens, but it doesn't just happen like that where group of fives get called up. And right. I, and I like that. And that's why I like that he's being aggressive because if UCF does not end up in the power five, that doesn't mean this program doesn't have value. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter. And I like that they're going to continue to build, and it was like, it, it was, I forget the exact quote, but he talked about that you're, it's a mindset when he talked about power five versus group of five. And yeah, that's what I like is, you know, you don't have to be in a power five conference to act like a power five team. And that's what they're clearly planning to do. They're planning to keep building, you know, keep, uh, keep doing everything they have to do. Yeah. I mean, that's the key. It's, it's not that you know, it's never going to happen, but you can't count on power five happening. And it's, it's, it's like you said, it's rare. It doesn't just happen every few years. You know, we haven't seen it for quite some time now. And um, so UCF, like, like all they can do is keep pressing on as one of the blue bloods of the group of five, if you can call it that. Um, Because really UCF has become, you know, a top, I would say, you know, not like not including this year, maybe, but I would say as, as a whole, they are, one, number one or two in the group of five and they just have to keep building in that direction and keep being that consistently and eventually whenever they do decide okay realignment's going to happen there's no way you can overlook what UCF brings to the table so you know I think it's it's interesting to kind of hear him talk about the how it's just a mindset and that we you know we are what we think we are and it's it's a good philosophy to have I think I think a lot of the time um, for Danny White it was a lot about you know power six and, and that was pushing that agenda but I think this is a little bit of a deviation from that. It seems just more like, you know, we are, we're going to determine what we are. It's not necessarily conference. It's not necessarily, you know, group of five versus P5. And it's just, it's on us. And I think that's, that's an interesting mindset and a good mindset to have, I think, as an, as an athletics program. And it seems like that's kind of what he was telling, um, you know, the players when he talked to the players too, saying that, you know, you go out on the field. I think he said it's not the football team. It was like, you go out on the field and your hair's on fire and you're just going to keep going and going. 
and that that kind of aggression that he he's speaking to on the field and also in terms of you know off the field and the and the direction of the athletics program it's it's going to be fun i think the next few years seeing just what he can do as, as his stamp on the program and like we talked about earlier he's really going to get a chance really quickly to to put his first fo- uh, fingerprints on the program by hiring a football coach and he was kind of you know trying to be careful about giving away a timeline for everything but he did say i think it made it seem like it would be sooner rather than later right he he, think the football team asked him if it could be like by next month and he was seemed very confident that that was going to be the case right yeah i would be i'm personally i'm betting monday Monday. probably name a leak out this weekend press conference monday or tuesday if i had to guess because i it was kind of funny when the players asked that to me because these searches typically move super quickly. I don't think I've ever heard of a search going right. <laughs> on for a month. I think Josh Heupel was like a day and a half after. Oh Fox yeah, it left. absolutely was. I mean, it's usually, it, you go pretty quickly usually. So yeah, I think I liked his comment, Mahajra's comment on that. I think he said when the players asked if it would be, if they would have a coach in a month, he said, well, if, if we don't, they're going to have to fire me. <laughs> I feel like that was <laughs> yeah. pretty spot on. So yeah, I think they'll have, and, and I think they'll absolutely have a coach in the next few days. And tap going back on something you said you talked about UCF being one of the top group of five programs and that's the thing is UCF achieves well above not only the group of five but the majority of the power five you look at since 2010 UCF has five conference titles there's only a handful of teams that can claim that one of which is Arkansas State funnily enough um they've been to three New Year's Six Bowls since 2013 that's no no group of five teams been to more than one in that span I mean they're they're and the only team that you the only program I'd still completely put ahead of UCF as Boise just because they've been doing this for 15 years and they've obviously they're very successful and UCF's come yeah. up a down year but that's it that's the only team ahead of UCF there and it, you know being the number two program and the I, I mean all sports they're the number one program in the group of five but being the number two football program in the group of five is a great spot to be in yeah yeah that's the thing as as big and as important as football is through you know throughout all of the sports it's you know UCF is, is thriving in in most cases so that's definitely a, a good point for, for them to bring to the table if realignment ever happens. But as far as the, the football timeline and everything, I think he said uh, on Sunday he had put together, you know, an initial list that he was already considering. So, you know, he's already gotten his own head start. I think that you said that uh, they had to bring, you know, candidates for the AD job had to bring, you know, some of their, um, you know, some of their candidates for potential football opening to the interview. Um, so obviously there's a little bit of a start there. And, you know, since, Wednesday and he said right after the press conference on Wednesday he said that he was going to be putting his head down and probably wouldn't hear from him again until there's a football coach so you know probably as we're speaking and as you guys are listening to this um, you know he's doing everything he can to to nail down you know that final candidate that final name and then working on negotiations with that person you know whether it will be Levy whether it will be someone that you know other other names that have trickled out there or someone no one is even considering um, I think you're right I think pretty quickly that this is going to happen and, and we'll have a football coach in place pretty soon. And given Mahajra's track record, Lebby or not, I'm feeling pretty confident in this decision. It's obviously, we've talked about this when the job originally opened when Hypo left, but it's a super, super coveted job. I mean, they're going to have, and it's unique where, you know, they're in a, we're in the point in the cycle here where it's like mid February, there are no other open jobs. I mean, yeah. UCF is, I mean, they have no competitions. That's why it's funny where we talked about, you know, he's not going to wait a month. He could, if he wanted to, there's no other open jobs. So it'll be interesting to see, to see the way he goes. I know a lot of people are throwing out Gus Malzahn. Um, I know Mohadra and him, there was an overlap of a few months at Arkansas State. I don't know if there's another. It, like, it was one season, right? Yeah. I mean, but I literally, I think Mahajra was hired in like September. 
and then okay. Malzahn, and then Malzahn left uh, at the for, end of the season. I mean, at the end of that football season, I think. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, I, I mean, so I don't know if that's enough for it to be like that'll be his first call or anything like that. But I, I don't, I don't think it's a secret that this would be a pretty good job for Malzahn to land after getting fired at Auburn. I personally think he would be a good coach for what's going on here. I don't think there's any doubt he's a bad coach. He's done better against Nick Saban, Alabama than anyone. It's frankly not even close. <laughs> So yeah. I, you know, I think that he could be a good, call, a good decision too if it goes that way. You know, and as much as we've talked about Jeff Lebby, Malzahn's another guy that I think you and I have talked about, and he's another. Yeah, and he's a guy that I think I would be pretty happy with. I know there's, if you kind of look at the track record that he had at Auburn, it, they were a little bit up and down, but you know they're, they're in the SEC West, and you know no team other than Alabama is you know running through that schedule every year. And I think definitely, you know, the type of coach, the type of recruiter that Malzahn is, I think would be, you know, a good get for UCF. But like I said, we'll see in the coming days. I think we'll probably see some more names um, come out and we'll start to see, you know, I think who's, who's the leader and who's, uh, who's going to be finalized as the head coach in the coming days. So stay tuned on that. Hopefully uh, by the time we're recording next week, uh, we'll have a new football coach to talk about. But you know, until then, we're going to jump into the news real quick. Not actually the busiest of weeks, um, I guess, supposedly, thankfully, for having to run through all of this to end the podcast. But in football, the really only thing other than the coaching search going on is that uh, Richie Grant on his Twitter announced that April 1st will be his pro day. So he'll get a chance, I guess, to probably show what he can do virtually. I don't exactly know how um, all of that's going down, um, you know, due to COVID protocols and all of that. But be a good chance for Richie Grant, and I'm sure there'll probably be a couple other uh, UCF guys out there um, working out with him as well. Which so, I do. I do just want to say really quickly. I, yeah. I, I I do think it's fascinating that it doesn't look like Richie Grant is going to be the first UCF defender selected. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, we continue. We continue to see. I think all I this brought this Aaron up Robinson before, buzz. but I just can't. Yeah. Every time I see the mock drafts, it, we continue to see this buzz for Aaron Robinson, and it just looks like you know the, the scouts and the the people, the draft Twitter people are. Uh, all over Aaron Robinson. So we might see Aaron Robinson really go before Richie Grant, which would probably have been unthinkable if you had said that. I mean, it's still pretty, pretty wild, but it'd be unthinkable if you had said that any time in the last couple of years. Um, but men's basketball, they finally got back on a winning track on Saturday at Tulsa. They won 65 to 58. It was their first win at Tulsa, which was uh, a big one to get, especially considering, you know, all of the, the way their season had gone since the COVID issues. Um, and then this uh, on Wednesday, they came back home and they lost a narrow, narrow loss, 61 to 60 against Wichita State, which was really their second heartbreaker against Wichita State in a matter of a couple of weeks. Uh, I know they lost to them in overtime at Wichita a couple of weeks ago. And um, just it's, it's been a tough ride for, for UCF so far. And it's just there will be stretches where they'll look look really good. And then, you know, they'll kind of just kind of fall back and just fall short. Uh, they're five and ten and three and nine in the AAC right now and as for women's basketball they've still yet to get back on the court uh Wednesday's game against Wichita State was also postponed it was their fourth straight postponement due to COVID-19 and their next scheduled game is Saturday at Cincinnati but as of now um you know that seems like that game is on but we'll have to see uh volleyball they won 3-1 on Friday against Tulane and then 3-1 on Saturday against Tulane to get their first two conference wins of the year then they swept Jacksonville on the road on Tuesday, so they're now 6-0, 2-0 in the AAC. Narissa Moravec named the AAC Defensive Player of the Week, while McKenna Melville was also named to the AAC's weekly honor roll. So really good things for volleyball so far, and that's kind of to be expected at this point, but um, you know, really exciting, really exciting stuff for them. Men's soccer got off to a disappointing start on Saturday, losing 1-0 uh, 
uh, against Tulsa at home. They're down number 14 in the top draw rankings this week, and they're number 11 in the college soccer news poll. Um, just a tough start. You know, that, that's not, I don't think, anything to be too worried about. This program has kind of shown over the last couple of years that it's, uh, it's going to be competitive. So we'll see how they bounce back from that. Women's soccer was supposed to have a, a Sunday exhibition against Miami, but that was canceled due to COVID-19 issues. Um, so they, they don't get an exhibition. They'll jump right into the start of the regular season coming up. Uh, as for baseball, they're getting ready to have their first game uh, a week from Friday, a week from, I guess, today as you're listening to this. Infielder Alex Freeland was named by D1Baseball.com as the AAC preseason freshman of the year, and he was also named to as a preseason second-team freshman All-American by College Baseball Nation. So high, high hopes and high expectations for Mr. Freeland. Um, and UCF was projected by D1Baseball.com to finish second in the AAC behind ECU and picked as one of three regional teams from the AAC, uh, ECU, UCF, and Houston being the three. Um, so that'll be uh, a pretty cool, pretty cool start next week. We'll see uh, what UCF can build off of from last year. Softball will also be trying to build off of a, a big year last year before the season got cut short. They're projected by D1Softball.com to win the AAC, finishing ahead of South Florida, who is projected to finish second. Transfer outfielder Elise Volpe, named the D1Softball.com uh, um, AAC preseason newcomer of the year. She's a transfer uh, from, I believe it was Bucknell, Bucknell. I don't know how to say that, Bucknell. Um, so obviously, you know, a lot of excitement around softball as well. Those, those two, baseball and softball are expected to have some big years this spring while there's so much other crazy stuff going, going on at UCF. Uh, men's tennis, they, went, they won 4-3 at Miami on Sunday to, to improve to 2-1 and one on the year, while women's tennis picked up another win uh, against number 21, Florida. They won 4-1 to one on Tuesday to complete a season sweep of the Gators, and they're now 5-2 and two on the year and up to number 20 in this week's ITA poll. And finally, cross country, they finished fifth at the AAC championship meet on Saturday. Uh, it was their best finish in the AAC since 2016. They picked up six one-on-I four points. To, uh, by finishing ahead of South Florida. The advantage in the war on I-4 now is 15 to three. And, you know, we haven't you know, gotten to the, to the other sports yet. And I, it just seems like it's going to be another runaway uh, for UCF in the war on I-4, doesn't it? I don't think that, like, does USF even acknowledge the all sports competition anymore? I feel like they haven't brought it up in like three years. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's hard to bring it up, I think, when you're just kind of getting whipped every year. and It's never been even really close. Done. It's literally no. never even been kind of close. It's, it's not. And, and I don't know, the, the trajectory I think that the programs are on, it doesn't seem like it will be close for a little while. I don't know. USF's got you know, some things they're building in other aspects. But uh, as far as the football one, which is the one that they seem to care about more, they're not really getting close to beating UCF in that either. Um, and finally, the last piece of cross-country news, uh, Valerie Lastra was named the AAC Freshman of the Year after that meet on uh, last Saturday. And finally, looking ahead to the schedule before we record our next podcast, uh, again, a lot going on. Spring is, is a busy, busier time even than normal, uh, I think, because of COVID and all the seasons that got delayed. So men's basketball will play on Friday at home against Tulane before heading to Cincinnati on Sunday. Women's basketball is supposed to play Saturday at Cincinnati and then Wednesday at Tulane. Hopefully they can get back on the court and continue uh, what's been a good season for them so far. Men's soccer, they'll play, uh, be back on the pitch Saturday at Temple, while women's soccer will start their season Sunday at Temple. Uh, softball will start their season this weekend. They have doubleheaders on both Saturday and Sunday at Florida Gulf Coast. Men's tennis, they'll play Saturday at number 12, Georgia, so another opportunity for a big win there. 
women's tennis plays against uh, Miami on Saturday and Miami's receiving votes. So again, another opportunity for women's tennis to pick up some big, um, a big win and potentially move up in the rankings. Golf uh, is back. Men's golf playing in the Gator Invitational in Gainesville on Saturday and Sunday, while women's golf will play in the Moon Golf Invitational in Melbourne Sunday through Tuesday. And finally, indoor track and field season continues on Saturday with the H-Town Speed City Series. So again, a lot going on. There's a ton, um, you know, to talk about this spring with sports. And, you know, it's a fun time for UCF. As much as everyone's focusing on the coaching search, or the hiring of the AD of Terry Mahajer, and also the, the coaching search for football, there's a lot of fun um, seasons going on right now for other UCF sports that really uh, it's, it's worth paying attention to because, again, UCF uh, athletics as a whole has just been on this upward trajectory for a few years now, and, and it's a really exciting time. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, we've got about a billion sports playing right now, so there's plenty of, uh, <laughs> plenty of uh, UCF nights out there to cheer on. Yeah, and every time, every time I'm, I'm writing out this outline for for this podcast, um, I'm kind of just like, oh, there's not really a lot of news this year, and then I, or this week, and then I remember how many sports there are, and it's just like, yeah, there's there's just going to be a, t- a ton to get through. So, thank you for sticking with us through all this news, and I uh, hope you're you're enjoying what's been going on with UCF across the board because it is again a, a really good time right now to be a UCF night. And um, again, until until next week, when we may have a new football coach, we're kind of expecting it to happen. If it doesn't, uh, Christian and I are going to look pretty, pretty silly, I guess. But until then, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bailey J Adams 22 and at by CA Simmons and throw night sports. Now follow at night sports now. And we will see you again, or I guess you'll hear us again next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody.